This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. So we're going to be reading, if you open your Bibles a little bit in 1 Kings chapter 18. And I was kind of hesitant to, to give the, the, the topic because... This whole thing of the Jezebel spirit is such a contentious thing, and I was scared the woman won't come because people sort of think the spirit of Jezebel is a woman, you know, so they want to chase women out of the church or give them a hiding or whatever they feel, but it's but we'll get to that anyway. So I didn't I didn't give my topic, but I was actually last night I really felt that this is what I want to speak about. In um, one Kings eighteen is the story of Elijah, and. Elijah was, was, was doing amazing things, and then he, he basically said that it, it wasn't going to rain, and then in, num, in verse 16, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah, and when he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? Has anybody ever said to you, yeah, you're the mulekate marker, you're the, you're, you're the troublemaker. Um, I've not made trouble for Israel, Elijah, but you and your father's family, you have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, and that eat at Jezebel's table. Asherah, the prophets of Asherah, Asherah, they actually brought human sacrifice to Asherah. Okay, they threw babies in fire for that God. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. And Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. It's kind of an opportunity to say something there. Um, And I just want to encourage you. Sometimes you actually need to say something. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one of them for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put the wood, wood, but not set fire on it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord and of the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. At least they responded because there was a bri. So they were very happy. (laughs) Or there was a possibility of bri. There was no fire yet. Okay, it's kind of a letdown for us South Africans. You want to sort of, man, how can you not make a fire? I mean, that's not right. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given to them and prepared it. And then they called on the name of Baal or Baal. And Baal answered us, they shouted. But there was no response, of course. No, no one answered, and they danced around the altar that they had made. 
at noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, man. Surely he is a God. Perhaps he's in deep thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he's sleeping and he must be awakened. Now, guys, this is where you need to be able to read Hebrew. Because what, what, Elijah, what Elijah is actually saying here, he's saying maybe he's on the toilet. Really. He's really saying that. It's actually weird. He's taunting these people. Say, you shout louder, man. He's in the small house or in the big house. Or I don't know what, what you call it. The little house on the prairie. But anyway, he's somewhere. Um, he's, 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 in, he's in dire straits, this poor God. You must call, you must call louder. And uh, so they shouted louder and they slashed themselves with swords and spears as was their custom until their blood flowed. So sad. And you know what, guys, when you, when you serve any other God, that's actually what Satan wants from people. He wants your blood to flow. He wants you to hurt yourself. He wants you. Our God hurt himself. Our God bleeded on our behalf. And it's just such a, a contrary to, and it just shows again. So midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying. So these Baal prophets can also prophesy. They were prophesying and saying, we want to bry. We, you know, whatever they were shouting, but they want, we want fire. We want blitz. We want whatever, you know. Uh, they were shouting. And then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. And they came to him and he replied, the altar of the Lord, which has been torn down. And Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes and descended from Jacob to whom the word of the Lord had come and saying, your name shall be in Israel. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. And he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two sieves of seed. And he arranged wood and cut the bull into pieces and laid them on the wood. And then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering on the wood. Now, I would have rather said pour petrol on this thing. We're going to make a mursa fire. You know, we're going to, I mean, a good fire. Do it again, he said. And they did it again. That's just, that, that's the Hebrew word for a big fire. Okay, Mursa, okay. Do, <laughs> if you didn't know, just, you must go, you can go check. Okay, do it the third time. Don't tell Andre. Um, <clears throat> do it the third time he ordered, and they did. And the third time, so they, they, they drenched this thing, man. It was wait, 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 wait. It's not a band. Um, and the, the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that you, that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me so that these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. Such an amazing prayer of just crying out, God, you are going to do something in these people's hearts. Then the fire of the Lord fell. And burnt up the sacrifice and the wood, the stones and the soil, and, and also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And then Elijah commanded them, Cease the prophets of Baal. Don't let anyone get away. And they ceased them. And Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and slaughtered. And slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is a sound heavy rain. So Ahab went and ate and drank. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel 
and bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. And then he was saying, go and look. And eventually there, there was rain and the clouds and the power of the Lord came at the end of chapter 18. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and he trucking, uh, tucking his cloak into his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. What an amazing story. I mean, and it's, it's gory. It's like if you think like Netflix or whoever or PG, this is like w- weird. Killing 850 people. Like Elijah killed them. He, he actually slaughtered them. And he had this most amazing victory. And, and why is it that in, in, in your most amazing victories in your life that it's actually in those times that we sometimes have the worst sort of attack on our lives? We've just had this amazing thing. I don't know if you've experienced, I've experienced that many times in my life where there's been a breakthrough, God has done something amazing, and, and it happens. And in, in chapter 19, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me, but, if, but ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like, that, like one of them. And Elijah was afraid, and he ran for his life. And when he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, my Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. At once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over cooked coals and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and, they laid, and he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank and strengthened by that food. He traveled 40 days, 40 nights until he reached Wurib the mountain of God and there he went into a cave and he spent the night this he's just killed 850 Baal prophets and then a little tunny comes and says I'm going to kill you it's like I don't know how she sent a message there was no SMS's she sent somebody that ran to him with a stick with a letter in or whatever and, and the message was conveyed the same way you took, took out my prophets, I'm going to take you out. And he became afraid. I, I, you know, I couldn't believe this. I thought he would be like Clint Eastwood, you know, and say, go ahead, make my day. You know, it's like just, I don't know if you people know Clint Eastwood. I mean, he comes out of my childhood. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure you know Clint Eastwood. He's been in movies later on as well. But, I mean, it's like that thing of, come on, man, just give me your best shot. But there was something that happened to him, and I really believe that what happened here was, was the spirit. I mean, and Jezebel was a woman, but Jezebel, the Jezebel spirit, it's not a woman. It's, it's not women doing something, and sometimes, like, if your wife, your wife doesn't behave, then you tell her, don't be like Jezebel. You know, it's like, 
That's so ridiculous. It's not a woman. It's a spirit that operates and a spirit that actually wants to rob you of, of who you are. It wants to rob your identity because that's exactly what happened to, to Elijah. He forgot who he was. You see, that is the enemy's plan. He wants you to forget who you are. And I really believe even today that God will come and restore. And I, I read an article that, that Chris Valentin wrote just now, not recently. And I want to just share a few things of my own and of his. So one of the demonic forces active in the earth with those who are in the midst of warfare right now is the Jezebel spirit. I want to be clear that Jezebel is not a strong-willed woman, um, but rather a spirit, which is personified by a woman in the story in the Bible. I know that some people in the church like to label women who have a strong voice or a point of view as a Jezebel, but this is simply inaccurate and inappropriate. It's not the truth, guys. We cannot label women or do that to people. We have to, because our, our fight is never against flesh and blood. I mean, although the men here that are married, if I talk about the fear of the Lord, People don't understand the fear of the Lord until they get married. Because you know, you don't want to make your wife cross. But she's not Jezebel. She's just cross. Okay. She's just, and you don't, you know, you just, because the Bible, we have a, we have a taller order. I don't know if you know, guys. We have a worst, we have the worst job. We have to love them. Not the worst job, but the best job. Because my wife's not here. So I can just say what I want. Okay. Um, oh, my word. Okay, don't send it to her. Um, no, I'm just joking. No, we, I, I really believe men have a, have a harder job because we have to love you the way that Jesus loves the church, which means that we have to die for you, that we give everything. And, and this whole thing of submission, I don't know if you guys, people don't read Ephesians properly because Ephesians 23 starts with submit to one another. Then it says, husbands, love your wives. And then it says, wives, submit to your husbands. It's actually an amazing thing that because I love you so much, there's no, there's no thing of nobody's the boss. God is the boss, man. But we love you so much that you cannot help yourself. You want to submit. That's the whole thing. So if you're not loving your wife enough, there might be a reason why she's sickling to submit. So just love her, man. Love her like Jesus. And remember, women and husbands, is that God is always standing behind your husband. He's always standing behind your wife and saying, are you loving your wife? Are you, are you submitting to your husband like the church is submitting to God? That's so easy. If you are a strong woman who has an opinion, then I want to say to you that does not make you a Jezebel. It makes you a thinker. And I have great respect and admiration for every personality type of men and women. The Jezebel spirit is an issue of spirits, not of flesh and blood. Remember Ephesians 6.12? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, let's look at the four signs that you are under the influence of the spirit. And this is what I really felt. I wanted to share this. So we've read 18 and 19. Elijah has just come out of this battle he defeated the Eitan. Suddenly he came under the influence of a spirit of Jezebel when she said that she was going to kill him. So here are the four signs. 
I want you to just look at your own life this morning. The first thing is an irrational fear and insecurity. Elijah had just killed 850 prophets, and he turned the, the Israelites back to God. He had a great victory. However, when Jezebel said she had killed Elijah, he ran for his life. He, her threat on his life was not a real threat because he could easily defeat her as he just defeated the 850 false prophets. So this fear was irrational. So you may be under the influence of, of a spirit of Jezebel if you are dealing with irrational fears that make no sense in the light of the reality of your life. Does that make sense to you? Have you had that irrational fear? I, I've had that many times where I just feel like, sometimes I just feel like I just want to run away. Like, and I'm sure if, if we could phone each other, most of us will run away together maybe and get in one car, make a carpool. Like, okay, who's, who's coming with? You know, I've got a van, the fear van. Let's just all leave. I hate East London. I hate my work. I hate my boss. I, I can't stand this anymore. You know, I just, I just can't do this anymore. And, 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 and it's irrational. And, but it feels so right at that moment. It's like it just, and, and just, I can't imagine Elijah. I mean, he's running away. He could have just said, listen, just look what happened, man. And he could have just told anybody. He could have spoken to the people and said, listen, go fetch that woman and kill her. You know, let's just get rid of her. She's the instigator. She's the one that, that had these, prof, these bell prophets around the table every day and, and, and taught them sorcery and demonic stuff. So we just take her out. But he didn't. It's actually a, a wonderful thing. I'm a, I'm a therapist, so I spend a lot of time counseling people. And one of the things that I always say to people is make sure that you sleep enough. Make sure that, you, that you've eaten it's actually a good question to ask. When you're having a big, big fight at home, just ask one another, have you eaten? <laughs> we kind of get cranky when we're hungry. I don't know if you've realized that. Why do we always have our biggest fights in the spa or in the pick and pay? It's because you're hungry. You're seeing all this lack of course, and you can't eat it yet. So you're having these arguments. So it's a very good question. Het jy al geëet? Nee, you know, like, you know, just, it's a very good thing. Listen, my dear, just go lie down a little bit, go sleep a little bit, and then we can fight again. Sometimes you just need to go and sleep, man. So he was sleeping, and then an angel woke him, his wife woke him, the angel wakes you up, says, yes, some bread and what, and he eats. Like, and they, 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 they just, they're with him. But he's so depressed. I mean, he's, he's, he's really falling into this depression. He's, he has this irrational fear in his heart. And, and you need to see that for what it is. And actually, you actually have to laugh about it because it's so stupid, but it feels so real. And sometimes just sharing it with someone and saying, yeah, I feel like I just, no, man, why would you want to do that? And I can just come back to life. And it's like God just, in a sense, and when he goes into that cave, God starts speaking to him and, and showing him some things. But irrational, it's irrational. It's not, you cannot figure it out. Okay, so number two, the spirit of suicide. Can you believe it that he just says like, yes, like, Lord, I rather, I just want to die. Um, 
and, and he just wants to die. He's under the influence of the Spirit. Let's think of where this, also, this happened. When Jesus met Satan in the wilderness, one of the temptations was to throw himself off the pinnacle of the temple. So suicide is actually a spirit. It's really a spirit that jumps on people. How do we know this? Because self-preservation is one of the most common drives of creation. We don't want to die. That's actually part of who we are. So what causes a person to want to take their own life? I propose to you that this desire is not human. Your innate desire is to live. But the person, Satan, who hates you, wants to see you die. He wants to. I, I really believe that if we, if we make a decision like this, if we say that I want to die, we actually open a door. It's like Satan says, okay, now I've got a hit on your life. Lacquer. I'm going to take you out, man. If you don't want to live, let me help you. So, guys, this is, this is very serious. And if, you have, if you've done this, if you have, have, have a death wish, it's like a like death wish. There used to be, be a, a movie called Death Wish, Charles Bronson. It's also my, my time. But we don't have, if you have a death wish, God wants to release you from that. And maybe, maybe you have closed the door, but maybe you haven't. And I want to today, uh, maybe when, we are, when the service is done and I, we make an invitation, come to the front and break with that thing. Because the enemy wants you dead. And we're not wanting to give him that, that, that pleasure. So Elijah, he's just killed 800. He's just had the most amazing victory. And now all of a sudden he feels like he wants to die. The third thing that the spirit of Jezebel does is confusion. Okay, so that's number three, confusion. So Elijah doesn't want to live, so he, he ends up in a cave, isolated and alone. And when he recounts the story of what just happened uh, to God, he brings up a story that many years old about the time when everything was going wrong. Yet the most recent story of 41 days prior is about his victory. And he can remember it is, is what went wrong. All he can remember is what went wrong. Isn't that amazing? That that's all you can remember. It's like, oh, but this is bad. And the people don't like me. And like, I don't have nothing to put on. So I don't have something to wear. So I'm feeling very depressed. My nails are broken. And I, I don't know what to do. Um, you know, it's like I'm so petrified. I, I, I'm confused. If you can't see clearly, feel foggy in your spirit, and you are confused about where God has brought you from, you may be under the influence of the spirit. And so it's, again, if you are suffering from confusion, today we want to say to that confusion, you're not welcome in my life. I want you to go. The, number four, isolation. We isolate ourselves. Elijah said to God, I, I am alone. But God responds and he says to them, there are 7,000 other prophets who has not bowed their knees to Baal. When you are under the influence of the spirit of Jezebel, you feel alone and you think you're the only one left. Who's felt that? I felt that many times. Nobody else is serving the Lord. 
Lord, I'm the only one at my work who knows Jesus. All these other people are Philistines and they're giving me a hard time. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, there are five other people that know Jesus. But you've never actually spoken to anybody about, you, you've never even shown them love or grace or whatever. So there, are seven, there were 7,000 other prophets that were not bowing before Baal. But he felt he was the only one. He's isolated. Guys, and that's what we do when, when we're under this attack, is that we isolate ourselves. We, we go away. We, 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 we don't come to church. We don't go to home groups. We don't, we don't connect with other people. We disconnect. Even in your marriage, you disconnect. You, you're living in your own little bubble because you are the only one. Everybody, nobody understands. Guys, come back. Come out of that isolation. It's a spirit that is, that is controlling your life. And you need to break with that today. So it's, the world is coming to an end, but it's important to remember that the world has improved. And, and I love to actually wake up in the morning and saying to God, things are getting better. It doesn't matter how much the petrol price is. Things are getting better because God is on the throne. God is moving on the earth, man. God is doing something. So remind yourself constantly that you are in the middle of a battle. If you think about that, if you know that you are in a fight, you're not surprised that you're going to be attacked. We are in a fight, guys. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but I've overcome the world. Philippians 1.28. In no way, uh, be in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but salvation for you, and that too from God. Isaiah 54 verse 14. In righteousness you will be established. You will be far from oppression. You will not fear and from terror for it, for it will not come near you. Joshua, God speaks to Joshua, be strong, courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their ancestors to give them. And what we spoke about earlier on, the hope. We have a, we have a new Christmas present now. Hope on a rope. Okay. You can give it to people, man. What do you want for Christmas? I want hope on a rope. I'm, I have a rope and it's hope. So just remind us. We're not going to isolate ourselves. We, we're going to give each other these wonderful gifts, man. Don't give up, man. God is on the throne. So we have this idea that we will do something great when our fear goes away. I suggest to you, you're never going to do anything great fearlessly, but you will courageously do this. Courage is not being fearless. Courage doesn't mean I don't have fear, but I have courage because God fills my heart with courage. And it's like saying, okay, Lord, the moment I stop fearing, then I'm going to do something great, man. Why don't you just stand up? And it's already great. You're going to do something because God will use that. So courage is doing the right thing in the face of an emotion that says you should be nervous or anxious. You see, that's the opposite spirit. It's coming in the opposite spirit. Satan actually knows us so well. And he, he knows how you're going to react. So if you come in the opposite spirit, if you do things opposite than what he, that he expects you to do, you're actually messing with his head. That's what you're doing. That's what David did. David came in the opposite spirit. Everybody thought he should come with a sword and a... And a, and a spear, but he came with a slingerfell, like a slingshot, and five stones. And he beat the enemy. 
And what did he do? He chopped the enemy's head off and he swung it around. He was messing with the enemy's head. Saying, look, yeah. How do we mess with the enemy's head? By coming in the opposite. That's how you mess with Satan's head. He knows that when you get angry, you're going to do a thing. So if you do the opposite, you're messing with his head. He thinks, what the heck is wrong with Corey? He's supposed to be the heli now. He's supposed to kick the cat. But he's not. Poor cat. I mean, I threw our cat once like a javelin at home. Or not a javelin, a, a, a discus. It went like, wee, 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 wee. Okay. But that's like, don't tell anybody. Imagine somebody treats you bad and you, you give them a chocolate instead of kicking them. So it's, it's doing the right thing. That's what courage is. It's looking at that emotion and saying, you know what, I see you. There you are. But I'm not going to partner with you. I'm partnering with God and I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And I mess with the enemy's head. It will take the same level of risk to apprehend your seat of destiny to carry you out your divine purpose once you're in this position. So why, why don't you, that, that, that thing of worrying takes so much energy. Why don't you just do the right thing and just break through? So be courageous to move forward. And when you're tempted to freeze, remember that you were born for such a time as this. Just break through. So whatever the battle that you'll find yourself in this morning, have a great victory coupled with an occupation. This is a very important thing. It's not just about winning a battle, but rather occupying the land that God gave you. In, in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17, it says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. How the heck do the Philistines hear these things in our lives? It's like something like is happening in my life, but the Philistines hear it. And they come up. And so Dave, but David heard about it and he went to the stronghold. He went to a place to go find what God wants. And he said, God, what must I do? God says, go and fight them. And he fought them and he beat them. But you know what? They came a second time. Sometimes the enemy will come again. And, and, and David and God gave him the victory. And David came to Baal Pirasim, which means the God of breakthrough. Um, the Lord has broken through my enemies before, and, and he's done that. And the Philistines left. And it sounds like, oh, lekker. I've beat the enemy. I can go to bed. I can sleep now. I don't have to worry. And the Philistines came up yet again. And when David required of the Lord and said, you shall not go up. Go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam tree. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself from then. And the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Giza. So, What's amazing here is that God actually does this. He just strikes them down. But they came a second time. Sometimes you need to establish that thing in your life. You have a victory. But a lot of times we just abstain from bad stuff. We say, I have victory, but you just abstain. Stop, stop it. 
don't, don't think victory is abstaining from something. Victory is victory. You don't go back to that thing again. So David had to do it twice. So then you'll have a sense of purpose, destiny, authority, and responsibility. That we overcome the spirit of Jezebel with the power of courage and the presence of faith. Remember, this is sometimes we have a bad day and not a bad life. Sometimes it's just a bad day. We have all bad days. But don't look at the thing and say everything is bad. It's like a bad life. Everything is bad. But realize that God makes all things to work for the good of those that love him. So, Lord, encourage the exhausted and make the weak and the feeble strong with courage. May the Lord just bless you today and may he just encourage you as you, as you just seek to hear from him and see what he wants to do. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share. Sing.